Good morning, everyone. Uh, I love coming up here every Sunday and telling you to open up your Bibles. So open it up to Mark chapter 4. As uh, Rob just said, we have an amazing scripture to look at today, the parable of the soils. And um, I'm just going to forewarn you a little bit. This might be a favorite parable of yours. Um, the way that I was led by the Lord to teach this particular passage this morning is kind of weighted a little differently than maybe you'd be used to, where the focus would really be upon the soils. I, I really saw how the Lord was leading me to focus on some of the details around the parable. And so just to give you a forewarning uh, about that, in case you're like, man, this guy, is he even going to talk about the parable itself? So, uh, but let me just pray one more time. I, I really believe right now, because we have opened God's word, which is, as we'll see today, the seed in which is about to be sown. It is so important this morning that we, as uh, a church, that you, as a listener, as a hearer of God's word, would have an open heart to receive everything that Jesus wants to teach you today. So let's pray uh, to that end. Lord, we love you. God, I ask, Lord, that I would decrease and you would increase. I ask that you would use my words as a, as a mouthpiece, Lord, that you would speak by your very word that is living and active, that is sharper than any two-edged sword, that is like a seed that is implanted within our hearts. And Lord, I pray that all of us here, we would have ears to hear what the Spirit is speaking. So Lord, make us attentive right now. Um, if that uh, leaf blower in the background is distracting, Lord, just... Uh, make us attentive, make us focused upon your word this morning. I pray in Jesus' name, amen, amen. Well, I wanna begin this morning by just saying how blessed I am to see this church uh, beginning to take root in this community. And uh, maybe you do or maybe you don't know, but my wife and I, we moved uh, here this summer to plant this church. And back in January, we were living in Santa Barbara and our church there, and we were praying about where God was leading us. And we sensed from the Lord in January that he was calling us to move here to Palos Verdes to plant a church. But then March came around, and you guys all know what happened in March, right? Um, we're like, whoa, Hold up, God, what is happening? We saw this impending storm coming of this viral pandemic, and we're like, are we supposed to uproot our family and to reroute in a new community as we see that uh, this is about to become a crazy time? And we sense that God was still calling us to walk forward in the calling that we had received from Jesus. And so let me tell you, we prayed a lot. We sought the Lord about whether we should go or whether we should sink our roots deeper into Palos Verdes, but we believed that if we came at this time to Palos Verdes, as he was telling us to go, and if we walked by faith and not by sight, that we would come here to this place at such a time where what we sensed was that as things would begin to reopen, people would be longing for real connection and for real community. 
And so when we arrived in May, we immediately began to sow seeds of the word of God and starting relationships. And my wife was doing play dates and I was surfing and meeting people at the Cove and we were connecting with different people for coffee. And, 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 and along the way, as we were sowing seeds and praying these prayers, asking God every day, God, lead us by your spirit that we would be able to plant a church in the midst of a pandemic. You know, we, we thought, you know, this is either the worst time to plant a church or it is the best time to plant a church. And, and God has been proving the latter. As we have uh, now established, and, and I mean, what happened when we joined together with Rob and Ben Kai and Ben and the Life on the Hill leadership and then the Life on the Hill Church, do you realize that this church, Calvary Chapel Palace Verde, is, is um, also a merge that is taking place. It's not just a church plant, it's also a church merge. And, and the people that have been faithfully serving alongside us as we have been planting this church are the wonderful leadership and congregation of Life on the Hill Church. And they, they've been incredible. And, and if that's you, I just want to say thank you. I, I don't know if uh, you've heard that enough from me, those of you who have been part of Life on the Hill Church. You know, thank you. Thank you for what you have sown. And, you know, we're not going to be able to reap unless we sow. And, and we believe that God has planted us here in this time and that we are going to be able to reap a harvest in Palos Verdes. And so all of this language that I'm using, man, that leaf blower is going, huh? You guys all good back there? You can hear me okay? I just want to make sure you can hear me. Okay. Uh, the language that I'm using right now is all language of the kingdom of God. That is, Jesus would speak as we're now entering into the first teaching section of the gospel of Mark. Jesus is going to teach this crowd by what the Bible calls a parable. And so far in the gospel of Mark, we have primarily seen what the kingdom of God looks like. We've seen the kingdom of God demonstrated by the actions of Jesus. That's kind of how Mark leads is really the actions and the works of Jesus. And so the kingdom of God has looked like lepers healed and paralytics walking. The kingdom of God has looked like demons being cast out. The kingdom of God has looked like people coming to Jesus for the forgiveness of sins. The kingdom is dismantling false forms of religion. And the kingdom of God has arrived in this gospel because Jesus arrived. And when Jesus shows up, Jesus brings his power and authority and he establishes his dominion. And the kingdom of God is still in our midst because Jesus is here and he is still establishing his power, his authority, and his dominion. And so as we come into Mark 4, we're entering into what we call parables. And if we have seen so far what the kingdom of God looks like, chapters 1 through 3, I like to say we're now going to hear what the kingdom of God sounds like. See, Jesus has demonstrated his authority through great acts, but now he's going to explain his kingdom with words. We need to remember that Jesus was a preacher, and when he preached, he often spoke in parables. Now, the word parable simply means to 
come alongside or cast alongside. And a parable is an everyday kind of story that gives a comparison. And it's often said that a parable is an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. And today we're going to look at perhaps one of the most commonly known parables, which is the parable of the sower, or as I prefer to call it, the parable of the soils. And this is an important one because as we'll see today, Jesus said that if you can understand this parable, then you'll be able to understand the rest. This parable, the parable of the four soils, is like a key that unlocks all the other parables of Jesus. So look at it now in Mark chapter 4, verse 1. It says, again, he began to teach beside the sea, and a very large crowd gathered around him so that he got into a boat and sat on it in the sea. And the whole crowd was beside the sea on the land. And so verse 1 tells us the setting in which this parable was spoken. And we know that at this point in the ministry of Jesus is his popularity is rising more and more and crowds are swelling with size as they're gathering around Jesus. They're so eager to have Jesus minister to their needs that it says that the crowds were so thick and pressing in upon Jesus that at many points, Jesus was afraid that they were going to crush him. Uh, I said last week that Jesus and the disciples weren't even able to take a dinner break because the crowds were just surrounding them. And at this point, Jesus was teaching beside the sea, which would have been the Sea of Galilee. I don't know if you've ever been there. But there was this very large crowd that had gathered along the shore, kind of almost backing Jesus up into the water. And Jesus does something really interesting. It says there that he got into a boat and set it out a little bit of distance off the shore. And there he sat in the boat and began to speak to the crowd. You have the picture in your mind. Jesus is in a boat. The crowd is maybe sitting or standing on the shoreline. And he's teaching them in parable. And I, I love that Jesus did this. I love that Jesus used a boat as a pulpit, if you will. You know, recently I listened to a message by my pastor, who's going to be coming in a couple of weeks. And um, it was a message entirely on the various kinds of pulpits that Jesus used in his ministry. And one of those pulpits would have been this boat that Jesus was in. And so why did Jesus preach from a boat? And, and what can we gain from that detail given in Mark? See, Jesus preached from a boat because of necessity. It, I mean this in several ways. You know, Jesus has already preached a few times in the local synagogue. But because of the things that he was saying and doing in those local synagogues, it seems that maybe he was being driven out, that they didn't want him there anymore. And the synagogue was, you know, the customary place where you would gather and you would hear the teaching of the word of God. But necessity had driven Jesus out of the synagogue, so what did Jesus do? Well, he went to anywhere that people would gather. And then Jesus began to preach. And look, you all know that we're living in really interesting times when so many churches have buildings, but they're not able to use them, right? And we have that awesome building right there. Take a look at that thing. 
beautiful building right there. But because of necessity at this point, we're not able to use that building. You know, I, I want to go in that building. I, I have a desire that hopefully as things would open up and it just doesn't feel like that's happening, uh, that we would eventually be able to get to the point where we could go in there. You know, um, necessity has driven us out here into this parking lot. But look, two main components are still taking place. The word of God is being preached and people are gathering. And, and necessity might take us back into the building like that one week we got rained on we went inside you know and it almost happened again a couple weeks ago and Paige is like it's only gonna drizzle for nine minutes and I'm up here like what are we gonna do you guys ready to go and she's like it's only nine minutes and we pressed through it and we're all shivering out here you know we made it through that and we can make it through I believe any situation as we navigate these times it's not easy to navigate these times I just if I can just be straight up with you. As a pastor, it's not easy to figure out, do we go inside or do we go outside? Do we gather in person or do we gather in line? What do we do? Is, is there any boat that we feel that we're being backed into? But let me tell you, here's something that you can count on. You can count on this, that here at Calvary Chapel Palace, we will continue to do two things. We will continue to preach the word of God and we will continue to gather. Now we may or may not be inside a building. We might find ourselves in a parking lot. We might find ourselves in parks or beaches. We might end up at some other building altogether. But we can certainly continue to do those two very important things as a church that make a church, which is that we will gather and we will continue to teach the word of God. And Jesus found many different ways to accomplish that end. And I want to be led by Jesus. I want to be thinking of the various ways that Jesus might lead us to do those things. You know, this practical point makes me think about when we moved here, and I knew that I wanted to sow the word of God. I knew that I wanted to get the word of God into this community. And so what I did is I set up my iPhone in my bedroom and hit record and I was teaching through the book of Colossians and I did it for eight weeks. And I would put these teachings on Instagram and Facebook and YouTube and I had no idea who was actually gonna find those videos and listen to them. But in faith, I was just saying, you know what? I know that I've come here to Palace Verdes to sow the word of God and so I'm gonna sow the word of God. And, and what's so amazing is this, is that you can't reap unless you sow. And we've reaped something beautiful here as we've now planted a church and God has put his hand upon it and he is blessing it because we have been faithfully sowing the word of God. And God has made the increase. Now, if you want to reap a harvest... If we want to see Palos Verdes reached for Jesus Christ and the South Bay reached for Jesus Christ, we have to continue to sow the word of God and that's what we plan to do here. And so Jesus was preaching from a boat. You know, it was something that people probably said, well, can he do that? Don't you have to have a religious service inside of a religious building? Oh, but you guys all know, right? Jesus didn't come to bring religion. 
and his kingdom flew in the face of all the forms and functions of the religion of his day. His truth was solid. Jesus preached the word with authority and power, but his methods were adaptable to however he can reach lost souls. And I want to ask you as a church, if you've called Calvary Chapel, Palos Verdes, your church, I want to ask you, are you prepared if by necessity to use new and different methods of reaching people for the kingdom of God? You know, I I like this pulpit. You know, this pulpit was made for me when we started this church. I, I think that having a building is wonderful. You know, pop tents are great for providing shade. You know, we have a camera right here, and if you're watching online, hello. Sorry I never say hi to you. Hello. Um, you know, that camera is so that we could stream online in case somebody's not feeling well. They can stay home and they can watch. You know, all of these resources are great for getting the word of God out, and I, I think the things that we currently have working for us are wonderful resources to get the gospel out. But if we get pressed into the boat, if you will. I'll still preach if you still gather. How about that? Amen. <laughs> Amen. And, and as a church, we'll continue to love and serve one another, however different it might look. And look, it, it might look different from what you want. It might look different from what you're used to, but we'll be the church, and we'll do those two very important things as a church, to sow the word of God and to gather. So, Turn your attention back to the parable. I told you I was going to go off on these little tangents today. But the setting is hopefully in your mind. Jesus is in a boat, and a great crowd is on the shore listening, and now Jesus is going to teach them by parable. Verse 2. And he was teaching them many things in parable, and in his teaching he said to them, Listen. Okay, so we're not quite to the parable yet because these details actually have something to teach us. And if I can, if I can just quickly speak about one more thing before we get to the parable itself, I want you to look at what Jesus said there. Jesus was teaching in parables and and if people were going to receive what he was teaching them, they had to do one thing. Did you see what they have to do? They had to listen said, listen with an exclamation point. You know, do you realize how important listening is to your relationship with Jesus? Romans 10, 17 says, faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Listening brings faith. And listening requires both physical and spiritual disciplines. And this parable is gonna show us that in fact the greater responsibility is not really in the preacher who is the sower, but in the hearer who is the soil. As a preacher, Jesus did certain things to help his hearers. It was suggested that another reason why Jesus got into that boat is because from the water, as his words were spoken, and they bounced off the surface of the water, it worked as a natural amplification onto the hill. You know, Jesus used whatever means possible to help his hearers listen. You know, when we started out here, we actually only had two of these small speakers, and we found that some people towards the back were having a little bit of trouble hearing, so we added two additional speakers so that we could have greater amplification of the word of God. 
So there's real practical ways in which we can get the word of God out, but really it has to do with your responsibility as the hearer. What do I mean by this? You know, it, it's, it's our responsibility not to get distracted by leaf blowers or bicycle riders, right, or cars driving by. We, we have to be focused and attentive to what God is going to speak to us. You know, there's some pretty cool birds that fly in the air here. And, and it can be so easy, right, if you use the bird analogy from the soils, for those birds just to pick the, the seed right out, right, because of things that keep us. So maybe helping you to be attentive would be greater amplification, but other ways are to maybe leave your phone in the car if that becomes a distraction, or to take notes if that helps you to become more focused. Because when the word of God is being spoken, we have a responsibility that if we have ears, Jesus said, if you have ears, use them to hear. You know, it's on us to listen to what the Spirit is speaking through his word, I'll do my very best as a preacher to communicate God's word clearly and effectively, but you have to do your very best as the hearer to listen clearly and effectively. And if you do that, if you're listening, Jesus will speak to you. So verses three through nine, Jesus said, listen. All right, so listen, because he's about to, speak from his very living word. And, and if we're listening, we're going to pick up on what Jesus says about the kingdom. He says, Behold, a sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seed fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured it. Other seed fell on rocky ground, where it did not have much soil, and immediately it sprang up since it had no depth of soil. And when the sun rose, it was scorched, since it had no root, it withered away. Other seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no grain. And other seeds fell on good soil and produced grain, growing up and increasing and yielding thirtyfold and sixtyfold and a hundredfold. And he said, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. So the question is, did you hear it? You know, did you really hear that story that Jesus said that has kingdom meaning? If, if you missed it, it's okay. We're, God knows our frame. God knows that sometimes it's hard to listen. So, so if, if that was a struggle for you, go back and read it again later. Maybe go read it in a different translation that might be more palatable to your ears, right? But we have to hear what Jesus is saying. And I, I'm going to continue on this morning teaching on what the meaning of the story is as if we didn't know what it means. Because the disciples who first heard that story that Jesus just spoke had no clue as to what it meant. We see that in verse 10. And when he was alone, those around him with the 12 asked him about the parables. So the story was told, and then he dismissed the, the great crowd, and then sometime later, Jesus was gathered with his disciples and maybe a few more uh, maybe they're around a campfire later on in the evening, and the disciples said, hey, Jesus, what did you mean when you told us that story? And they said, you know, explain this to us, Jesus. 
And that's when we read in verse 11 and 12, and it said, And he said to them, To you has been given the secrets of the kingdom of God. But for those outside, everything is in parables, so that they may indeed see but not perceive, and may indeed hear but not understand, lest they should turn and be forgiven. Now this response of Jesus, right, is, is that he's been asked what the meaning of the parable is, and then he responds in this way, it's like, what does that mean? <laughs> and, and it's almost as if he responds with an even harder thing to understand. And Jesus is saying to his disciples and those who are with them that, that the things that he would teach in parable, that these were his, for his followers. He says that they were given, as his disciples, the secrets, or another translation, the mysteries of the kingdom of God. But those who were outside He's obviously referring to those who don't follow Jesus. They're given everything in parables. And then he quotes Isaiah 6, 9 through 10, and he says that they may indeed see, but not perceive, that they may indeed, indeed hear, but not understand, lest they should turn and be forgiven. And this is the part that trips people up. People read that, it seems as if Jesus is saying that some people will see the work of Jesus and that they will hear his message, but that they will not perceive it and they will not understand it because they, if they did, they would turn and be forgiven. So the question is, so is Jesus saying that there are some people that he hides truth from and, and he doesn't want them to turn and be forgiven? What is Jesus saying here? I'll turn your attention to Matthew 13, 12. I'll just read it. It says, the knowledge of the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven have been given to you. And he said this to his disciples. And then he said, but not to them. Speaking of those who do not follow him. For to the one who has, more will be given, and he will have abundance, but to the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. Are you listening? Listen to what Jesus means here. Those who hear and accept the teachings of Jesus, they are going to want to receive more of Jesus's word and Jesus will give it to them in abundance. Did you hear that? Those who hear but reject the teachings of Jesus, they're going to not want to receive him, and the more that they reject him, the harder their hearts and minds will become, and the more difficult it will be for that person to receive what Jesus offers them. Did you hear that? See, it really comes down to us hearing and accepting the words of Jesus. Jesus spoke about this last time in our study on the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. You know, the scripture is quoted from Isaiah to show us something that the proud who reject Jesus in his words, they will not understand the parables. But the humble who accept Jesus in his words, they'll be able to understand the parables. And you may say, well, isn't it easy just to read? And doesn't Jesus give the interpretation of the parable? And don't you think that if you just read the parables, you're gonna understand them? You know, I, I know people that know the parables so well. I mean, I studied religious studies at a UC school, and there are plenty of people that know the parables of Jesus and the teachings of Jesus quite well. 
but do they understand them? Do they perceive them? Because listen, spiritual things must be spiritually understood, and not everybody has the Spirit of God to do that. You cannot comprehend and understand and perceive the spiritual mysteries of the kingdom of God unless you have the Spirit of God. Your natural man, your natural mind and heart will not have perception and understanding. He said that it is to his people that is given the secrets of the kingdom of God. His people are those who hear him, who understand him, and who live out his teachings. Remember what Jesus said last week? Who's my family? Who is my mother and my brothers and my sisters? Those who do the will of God. And so when the shepherd speaks, the sheep know his voice. Again, in verse 11, Jesus is speaking to them in mystery. And mystery in the biblical sense is not like, come here, I got a secret for you. Don't tell anyone. A mystery in the biblical sense is this. Something that you would not otherwise know unless God reveals it to you. And the kingdom of God is contained in parables because the kingdom of God is a mystery. And you will only know the kingdom of God and receive the kingdom of God if God gives you revelation for them. And, and you humbly receive it from Jesus. So when I say, are you listening? I don't just mean that in a physical sense. All of us can hear that plane over our heads. But are you listening to what the Spirit is speaking to you? It's vastly different. Thankfully, God came in the flesh. God wants to reveal the secrets of the kingdom of God to you. He wants you to know them. He wants you to know him. And that is why he wrote down these things. In verse 13, he says, And he said to them, Do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables? There Jesus said, If you understand this parable, you'll be able to understand all the other ones. As I said, this one serves as a key to the, all the rest. But you have to listen and you have to have the humility to receive it. So here we go. Are you ready? We're going to read the meaning of this parable starting at verse 14. The sower sows the word. And these are the ones along the path where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan immediately comes and takes away the word that is sown in them. That is the first soil. And these are the ones sown on rocky ground. The ones who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with joy, but have no root in themselves, but endure for a while then, when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately they fall away. That's the second soil. And the others are the ones sown among thorns. They are those who hear the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things enter in and choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. That's the third soil. But those that were sown on the good soil are the ones who hear the word and accept it and bear fruit 30-fold and 60-fold and 100-fold. That's the parable. And that's the meaning of it. And I'm so thankful that Jesus, you know, in a sense, took my responsibility this morning. You know, my responsibility as I teach the word of God is to give interpretation 
and then application. But Jesus already gave the interpretation. He gave it perfectly, and there's only one meaning to this parable. I'm, I'm not going to spend all this time diving into all the different things because Jesus already explained it to us, and if you understand it because Jesus spoke it, then you will know it, and you'll know his kingdom. You know, so often we try to dive so deep into every little meaning and nuance of the parables, but these are words that were spoken by Jesus. And, and if you allow the Spirit to speak them to you, you'll get it. So there is a sower. Ready? There's a sower, and there is seed. So who's the sower? The sower is anyone who sows seed. And what is the seed? It is the Word of God. And we have the Word of God right here. Maybe on your phone, maybe on a Bible. You know, it goes... Uh, by other names, we call it the Holy Bible, the Scriptures, the Word of God, um, the Seed. goes by many different names. But basically, what this is, is it is the record of both the things that were spoken and recorded by the prophets in the Old Testament, and then the things that were spoken by Jesus and the apostles in the New Testament. And so we have these 66 books here that contain all those words, both of the Old Covenant and of the New Covenant. And, and God's Spirit will give you revelation of this word. And this word is the only seed that we sow. You know, we, we sow this seed. This is what we give, and that actually bears fruit, that actually implants in people's hearts and yields forth a harvest. And we've been entrusted with this seed. We have a responsibility as a church and as believers to spread this seed. Uh, we can spread it through teaching and preaching. We can spread this seed through music, through, through movies, through small group Bible studies, through lunch and coffee dates, while you're surfing, doing evangelism, missions from pulpits, uh, in person, online, hospitals, nursing homes, schools, cafes, grocery stores, whatever. Just go spread it, <laughs> right? Amen? We just go spread it. Anywhere we go, we take this seed with us. And what we know of the word of God is what we share. It's what we spread. And, you know, you might have a lot of seed to spread because you know a lot of the Bible and you've hidden this word in your heart. You might be new to the Lord and you, you have very little amount of seed, but whatever seed you have, you are meant to spread that seed. And all of us will hopefully be fulfilling this role of being a sower because if you, if you feel that you want to do this more, uh, we'd love to encourage you. I mean, that's why we have discipleship classes at this church. That's why we talk about um, getting plugged in and getting raised up. You know, I learned how to sow the seed of the word of God from those who sowed before me. I was taught by those who love the word of God to love the word of God. And we can be taught, really, how to sow this well. And, and you don't have to be a trained Bible teacher to sow the seed. You just have to be a believer who has a little bit of this seed in you. And so whatever you have, whatever you know of it, just share it. Share it by a testimony. Share it over coffee or whatever it is. Just share it. And, and then it says that there's these four types of soil. And the soils are the conditions of people's heart and the receptiveness to that seed, whether or not it's going to bear fruit. And so we have the four soils, which is the path soil, the rocky soil, the thorny soil, and the good soil. 
And so I'm just going to go through each one of these as Jesus explained them to us, and then we'll end together. So continue to listen. These soils represent the people's hearts and their receptiveness to the word of God. And so here we go. One thing I want to say is, you know, Jesus doesn't say anything about the sower after he casts it. After that, it goes entirely upon the person's heart and their receptiveness to the word. You know, so much we think that fruitfulness depends on our ability to sow well. It, it just has, it has very, very, very little to do with how you sow or how much you sow or anything. I mean, just in a, whatever capacity you have, just do it. Just try it and leave it to God because it's God who gives the increase. And it, it's upon the different soils that it'll fall. So the path soil is the word that when it is sown, the devil comes like a bird and quickly snatches up the word of God. We know that Satan, he wants nothing more than to blind the minds of unbelievers. But as soon as the word of God comes, it brings revelation of who Jesus is. And when we have revelation of who Jesus is, the blindness is lifted and we see the devil for who he actually is, which is a liar and a thief and a destroyer. And we see Jesus for who he is, which is a lover and a king who has captured us for all of eternity. And so Satan's gonna try with everything he can to snatch the word of God out of your heart and, and just continue to have you tread upon by the world. Then there's the rocky soil. And this is the seed that is sown into people's hearts that they receive immediately with joy. Maybe it's that they went forward at an altar call or maybe that they uh, responded at a crusade. But then what happens is that there's these hidden rocks that are underneath the visible appearance of a, of a surface that looks like good soil, but right underneath it's rock and it never takes root. And then on account of the tribulation and the persecution that comes because of the word of God, which American Christianity has not had to really face much of at all. But maybe we're starting to see a little bit of it. Those who have a shallow root system will be torn out and won't bear any fruit because there's rocky soil. Then there's a thorny soil when the seed is sown and the seed actually takes root and begins to grow. But the problem is other things grow up around with it. And they have thorns and they choke out the things uh, of the kingdom of God. And, and so those lures and those lies of riches, the money and the wealth and the greed and the love of money, rather than setting your focus on laying up your treasures in heaven, you're laying up your treasures on earth and all of your stuff is just suffocating you. And you can't actually get your focus on the kingdom because all the stuff, all the love of money and the pride of life and the lust of the flesh just choking you. And nothing grows around that. And then there's the good soil. And you all know what that is. And we've all been listening in such a way that would lead us up to this point where we're saying, God, I want to be that kind of soil. I want to be good soil where my heart is receptive to the truth of love, where 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 I can perceive and understand the word of God when I read it, where I can know the secrets of the kingdom of God. So God, give me revelation. God, break up this fallow ground within my heart and drop seed in there that it would bear fruit for you, Jesus. 
I'll, I'll be whatever you want me to be. Bear fruit in me that is 30-fold. Bear fruit in me that is 60-fold, 100-fold. I just want to bear fruit for you, Jesus. I just want to abide in you and allow the word of God to take root in the soil of my heart so I can know you and be known by you. Amen? Lord Jesus, we thank you for this word today. God, we thank you that today you've given revelation from your word. Thank you, Lord, that you've allowed me to sow seed today. And I've done my part. Lord, I, I pray that those gathered here today did their part, which was to listen, to have ears to hear what the Spirit is speaking to them. So right now, as we worship you, as we continue in a time of prayer, as we examine ourselves and say, God, what kind of soil am I? God, I ask, Lord, by your Spirit, you would speak to your people. You only speak to your people. Only your people can hear your voice. But God, I believe right now that there are perhaps maybe people here who for the first time they're getting a sense that God is speaking to their hearts. They haven't known you before and now they're seeing how they can know you. Speak, call them to yourself to be with you, to abide in you, to bear fruit for you. If anyone doesn't already know you as Lord and Savior, I pray today you would save them. For those of us who do know you, I pray we would examine our hearts because I believe that any one of us at any moment in the day can be any one of those four soils. But you know what we want, Lord. You know the soil that we want to be. We want to be the good soil. And only you can make us that. So God, shower your grace upon us. Break up the fallow ground crush the rocks with the hammer of the word of God and let us yield an increase for you in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys. I love you so much. So thankful for what God is doing here in Palos Verdes and with this church plant. I really believe that God's word is living and active and powerful. It's able to transform lives. And um, if it's transformed your life, your commission today to take his seed and to spread it so that we could reap a harvest so great here on this peninsula. Amen? Amen. God bless you guys. We'll be over here to pray if you want to pray with anyone today.